Hey, welcome to the Most Useful Information Podcast. Uh, I'm here with Taylor, and we are going to talk about the book Love by Hannah Orstevik, uh, first written in 1997 and then translated in like 20 something. 19? 2017? Yeah. Um, so before we dive into it. Get ready for love! Hey Taylor, how's it going? It's good. I'm sitting here with Crispin, your cat. Yeah, he's being well behaved. And Violet the dog is in the corner sleeping too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we can dive right into it. I'm very curious uh, how you came to know about this book. Because I'd read it before, but I think it's not a slightly obscure Norwegian novel. I yes. I feel like that was what I was, as soon as I read it, was extremely excited to tell you as someone who has knowledge of Norwegian writers, and I have none. So <laughs> I, was, I felt special that I knew about it. But I knew about it from um, Three Lives Bookshop in New York, recommended it in their newsletter, and I trust um, anything they say. I'll do anything they say. <laughs> okay. I've never heard of it. Three Lives newsletter. Yeah, it's not even an email list. They just like post a PDF to their website, and it's like all heavy hitters. Yeah. Did they say anything about the book? Or yes, it was a very mysterious uh, kind of summary that made me think that this was going to be a kind of like rock your world kind of book. And I also am obsessed with really short books. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, so I was like, yeah, I, I'm in. Okay. Um, did it rock your world? Yeah, I love this book. Oh, cool. So much. And, okay, one thing that I did do before this is I read every review on Goodreads of this oh, book. Oh, cool. <laughs> and every review on Amazon Books. And the, the like, takeaway from that is that People either really loved this book, or they were supremely disturbed by it, and really hated the main character of Fabeke. Of course. Uh, And used words like, uh, eerie, sinister, barren, cold to the soul, (laughs) to to describe both that main character and the book. Um, so I thought that was interesting. (laughs) Yeah, um, I read this book a few years ago, and I didn't remember it super well before rereading it, Mm -hmm. but I just remember feeling like, oh, this is just one of those very sad Norwegian books, and I, when you mentioned it, I think I said I thought it was very sad, Mm -hmm. but you described it as, like, Gilmore Girls. Yes, my Uh, (laughs) summary is dark Norwegian Gilmore Girls. (laughs) And so I got the sense you didn't maybe think it was as sad as I did, and rereading it, I was, I was like, this isn't as sad as I remember, Mm. until the very end, which I do think is sad, Yes, but I actually was conflating this book and a short story about, like, like, a kid who, a Norwegian short story about a kid who, like, freezes in a snowbank or something like uh, that. that yeah, sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it is, you know, the, the book is super tense and foreboding and kind of 
puts the characters in these situations that fill the reader with apprehension. And maybe I'm just someone who finds that kind of apprehension funny. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like maybe out of discomfort. So to me, it was it was it wasn't dark and sad as much as it was true to the characters and the, and I think that those characters have aspects that I find very like funny yeah um, I think that Norwegians also find that sort of mm. dark tension funny Yeah. Um, my dad always says like you can either laugh at something or or like a situation it's like You'll either want to laugh at it or shoot yourself in the head. <laughs> but There's no like, in between. The, but it's like the same situation. You have two two options for yeah. for a response. Yeah, yeah. I just remember like a comedy movie called Oh Horton, maybe that I watched with my dad one time. Mm-hmm. And this old man is like driving a car, and he dies while driving the car, and like runs through all these red lights and causes a big yeah. car crash. And it's not played for laughs, <laughs> but it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. But it's just played straight, and it, that's like, yeah, this could Use either that. be funny or <laughs> yeah. it could be pretty dark. Yeah, it's up to you. Uh, so I think that is to generalize a Norwegian sensibility or sense of humor. Yeah, I kind of wanted to ask you about that there's there's a few things that as like an American reading this I was like is this normal for Norwegian culture like a few things like that you know mainly as like the kind of dark humor or what I interpreted as dark humor but also just in the book the child has a lot of freedom for being what almost nine yeah and it was like is that is that like a normal thing yeah i uh i am also american Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i I grew up in america and did not have the same sort of freedom that they did i get the sense that probably it's true like um because partially they live in like an extremely small and isolated yes. town yes like in in the middle of of nowhere i don't know if kids are like walking around oslo um mm-hmm. the, the same way that they are in in this book. yes yeah but um having read other norwegian books about norwegian children it does seem like they're given a lot of license to sort of mm-hmm. uh, realm. roam uh, not children but Nor- Norway does people in Norway have what are called roaming rights which means that they're allowed to walk anywhere as long as it's not um, even on private property or whatever uh-huh. as long as it's not cultivated like for farming or gardening or whatever uh-huh. but if it's just like wild um, you're allowed to, to walk through so like in America, we have you walk in the woods and then you see all these like no trespassing signs yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, they don't have that. People mm. can just roam. Um, Great band name, the Roaming Rights. Roaming Rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think if my dad had license to roam around like mm-hmm. that as a kid. He didn't live in a town even, but I do think he was allowed to roam around sort of the mountainside. Yeah. Uh, as as a kid, so I do think there's 
uh, some some liberty. Yeah. That. Oh, I think it was like that. I I do think you're supposed to kind of have that reaction of of being like, this is fine, right? But he the yeah. this kid is roaming about a little bit and. Um, I think that some readers would read it and have that reaction almost to kind of justify the freedom that Vivecki is offering John. Yeah. And others would would just be kind of outraged that that's happening because they think that he doesn't have license to roam at that age. Yeah. Also, based on what you said about the Goodreads review, it seems like there's some people who think that uh, she's a very bad mother, like a negligent yes. mother. And yeah. uh, I think maybe, yeah, uh, I'm Vibeka, is that her name? Yes. And then what is the kid's name? I'm John. Sure. John. Or Jan? I don't know. Jan is yeah. how they would say You're right. it uh, in the, there, but we're in America. <laughs> John. That's <laughs> our, that's what uh, the 4th of July is all about. Right, yes. Um, Happy 4th. But... John roaming around is probably a symptom of, like, her bad motherhood. Uh, yes. That's what, uh, how people would interpret yeah. it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about Rebecca in general. Like, what was your first impressions of her? Um, maybe let's bracket that. Can we just do, like, a quick yeah. plot summary? Yes, so let's. So that um, our listeners know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah. Um, so, and maybe this will get, like, thoughts on Vibeka, but Vibeka is a single mother of, of John, and they just moved from an unnamed city, I think, um, probably Oslo, to a small town in what I think is, like, northern Norway. Yes. Um, and she's, like, the cultural, she has some job. Like, yeah, <laughs> it sounds fake, um, but yes, S small like city government job. Yeah, but... like cultural chief, chief of culture or something like yes. that. Um, and what that means, nobody knows. But that's her job. Um, mm -hmm. And the book is just sort of one night in their life, mm -hmm. um, and they listen to the radio a lot, and then. The narrative kind of goes back and forth from Vibeka's perspective and John's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, it just like paragraph to paragraph kind of switches like who who it's following, and the rough plot is John goes out to sell raffle tickets or something for a local hockey mm -hmm. um, club that he's a part of. And Vibeka goes to return some library books, and then she goes to the fair, and she meets a, essentially a carny. And <laughs> handsome carny. Yeah, very handsome carny, uh, as, as carnies are. <laughs> yeah. um, and she kind of spends the night uh, hanging out with him in various places. They drive to a bar mm -hmm. and... Um, a Norwegian honky-tonk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, John kind of one maybe he also walks to the fair he wanders around and then he gets picked up by another carney who's a woman that wears a wig Love her. Um, yeah. who sold a raffle ticket to Vibeka 
but also seems to have a relationship with the carny Rebecca is hanging out with, mm-hmm. or at least some sort of jealousy. Um, yes. And some of the big tension is it seems like she's maybe kidnapping John for a little while. Yeah. But maybe doesn't. Um, that's my memory of the plot. Feel free to add yeah. anything. Yeah, well, I think that that's like on one of those moments we were talking about where it, there's a lot of tension for us when John is so trusting of the wigged carney <laughs> yeah and somehow the wigged carney knows that who's john's mom she puts it together yeah. yes and so we feel like she's gonna like she's jealous of john's mother because she's hanging out with this handsome carney and you think that she's gonna do something to this kid to like get at john's yeah mother. that's I was, how i felt anyways. i couldn't tell if she was jealous or if she was just um kind of meddling she does seem to have some sort of sense that Vivecki is neglecting John in, in, in some in some way yeah. and you know does a nice thing by taking him in like on a cold night but it's also weird yeah so I thought there is jealousy because when Vivecki is in the handsome Carney's trailer the wigged carney stops by and the handsome carney yeah. sort of like chases her away <laughs> yeah that was one of the scenes i i, I found pretty funny yeah <laughs> uh, yeah also that when she's there hanging out in the trailer and Vivecki at one point looks out the window and she just catches like a glimpse of the wigged yeah. carney staring in i thought that was a funny visual yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if there's a description of this wigged carny that would be easy to find. Because wigged carny doesn't get at how silly she sounds. Yes, very silly. Um, but I'm not going to be able to find it, I don't think. Sorry. Yeah, she's a bit of a, like, Lynchian character in her oh, weirdness. Yeah, for sure. Like, yes. Her, her, visually, she is described in a very funny, strange way. Yeah. Um... I almost I always think of her as like wearing roller skates or something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think she I don't think she does. No, but that's um, the her her energy. Yeah. Is roller skate wearing. Okay, so that's the plot. Now back to that's the plot. Well, first one thing that I did kind of look up after reading this and before this was just a little bit about Hannah. Oh. I'd say. Orstevik. Orstevik. Uh, she grew up like very northern Norway and yeah. it, like what sounds like a very similar town to this, um, where she was, basically describes it as nothingness, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like a vast snowy nothingness. And she's born to super. Uh, devout missionaries. Mm-hmm. So she describes like her upbringing as super, super, like, ensconced in the Bible and and religion, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, did that come up in the book for you at all? N- I, not really. I was thinking about that. It was. It, I, what I did think about was just kind of like the way in which she writes in these kind of short spurts that are spare, which, you know, it's hard to get that, like, in translation, but 
I don't know, related somewhat to, like, this kind of, like, quiet, uh, kind of, like, spare atmosphere, like, landscape that she grew up in. Yeah. Um, it does seem like it's, the language is very spare, and there's not a lot of, I mean, it's a really short book. Um, Yeah. But still, it's still, it feels very set in a particular place. Like, you get kind mm-hmm. of a good sense of place yeah. from, from the book. Mm-hmm. And I kind of assumed it was based on the, the town she grew up in. Right. Um, which is, like, yeah, like, north of the Arctic Circle. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure. She has... the. This is her first book that was translated into English, and her second book that was translated into English is called The Pastor. Mm-hmm. And it's also set in northern Norway, I think, in the town that she grew mm-hmm. up in. Mm-hmm. But it, it was... It's kind of... It's about... I mean, it's about a female pastor who's very depressed, and it's kind of about oh. that. But... It's also about sort of the tension between Christianity and the Sami religion. And so this depressed pastor is researching a Sami revolt where, uh, from the 19th century where um, Sami people sort of uh, revolted against the sort of Christians that were establishing themselves there at, at the time. Um, and there's like a conflict, like... So Europeans moved up there mm-hmm. and then taught Sami people Christianity. Mm-hmm. And then Sami people were like, oh, wait, you're not treating us with the values that Christianity supposedly uh-huh. has. And so they, they revolt uh-huh. against that. And to me, that sounds a lot like dealing more with her personal upbringing yeah, that you definitely. just described than I think this book. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But. No, there wasn't really anything that I could, I could connect it with there, but I also know that she wrote this, uh, started this writing love three months after she had her daughter. Oh. And she had her daughter yeah. when she was 26, I think. Okay. Um, and that I found really interesting because I immediately after I read it I looked up to see if she had kids. Yeah. Because it's so much about motherhood. I think this this book is, and such an interesting book to write as a new mom. Yeah. It hopefully it's not like aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was like. I I think that you know. She probably, as like a young new mother, was feeling a lot of intense love and intense fear in very different ways than is depicted in this book. Yeah, but I think she maybe like turned them into something else. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I guess with the plot summary, we should say John goes home at the end of the night, yeah. and uh, his mom is not still not there, not there. <laughs> And he's locked out, yeah. and so he kind of settles down to spend the night outside. It's also the middle of winter, in the snow. so mm-hmm. uh, it, it's implied that maybe he doesn't survive, or like the logical conclusion would be that he doesn't survive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why I think a lot of people on Goodreads probably hate her uh, <laughs> as as a mother. Yeah. Um, and why I hope that this wasn't aspirational. I googled 
Hannah Orstevik last night, and I came across her Instagram page. I looked at that, too. And apparently yeah. her daughter is now a filmmaker. I watched that trailer for oh. her daughter's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch the trailer, but uh, I spent too long trying to read her post in Norwegian. Yeah, oh, like, I just hit C translation. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that button. <laughs> <laughs> she... Um, She's been reading a lot of Rachel Cusk, I know, from her. Oh. It's <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And we should say she has an incredible look. Yes. I wrote down in my notes, fashion. Fashion? Question mark. <laughs> it's an amazing haircut, and she wears big ties over any shirt, no matter the shirt. Yes. And sometimes... She'll have, it looked to me like a t-shirt with a tie over it mm-hmm. and then a suit jacket over the top Love of it. that. Yeah. Um, and her haircut, very short bangs. Yes. Beyond even micro bangs, I would say. Okay. And then how would yeah. you describe the rest of it? Floofed, you know? Floofed. Yeah. And bleached blonde. Yes. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, she looks great. She looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Did you, with... Her, the pictures I saw of her with a shirt and a tie, mm-hmm. um, I it was only from like the chest up. It was like mm-hmm. her bust. Do you know what she was wearing with her? Like, is she wearing a skirt? Is she wearing pants? The, yeah, alternating. Sometimes okay. skirts, sometimes <laughs> pants. Yeah, the 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 tie is really like a a necklace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't coordinate with anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she seems. Very cool. It's funny that she's reading Rachel Cusk because I think Rachel Cusk also gets a lot of hate for... I know Rachel Cusk has gotten a ton of hate for being a bad mother yes. based on her books. Yeah. So this is almost like a pre-Rachel Cusk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bad mother book. Yeah. Bad mommies. I I thought about that as soon as I saw that photo that she had posted of one of Rachel Cusk's books and... I thought about that a lot reading this and afterwards, which is why, which is why I asked you, like, what do we what do we think of a Becky? Like, is she a bad oh, mom? Yeah. You know, I don't think she's that. I mean, like, I think the comparison to Gilmore Girls is apt because <laughs> yeah. she's like a bad mom the way Lorelai Gilmore is a bad mom, just yeah. like kind of f- maybe flighty, and uh, as yeah. a result like, irresponsible in, mm-hmm. in, in moments. The difference is that Gilmore Girls doesn't take place in northern Norway yeah. uh, in the middle of winter, so the consequences aren't quite the same. Yeah, Rory would be <laughs> fine in where Massachusetts, Connecticut, wherever they are, Yeah, if she was perhaps locked out. <laughs> so I, I also feel like it's sort of like... Like, I don't think Vibeki does anything that wrong, but mm-hmm. she's... But John is, like, punished to the maximum yes. um, for the little, like, for Vivecki's, like, moments of, like, irresponsibility. Yeah. And I guess that mindset seems true to a new mother. Like, every, totally. every little thing that she did wrong results in, like, the death of her child. Yeah, it's like a nightmare situation, yeah. you know. Like a big, uh, a, like a fear that I would imagine, like, a new mom has just about, like, you know, anytime they take their kid out when they're, you know, a few months old, like, blown up to the nth degree in this oh, this book. yeah. Yeah. But, but I also, <laughs> I think that, like, on the other hand, you know, I think a lot of 
people think mm -hmm, yes Christmas <laughs> that uh, you know mothers are always meant to be able to hold anything that their children throw out them and they're able they should be able to provide everything at all times yeah and kind of immediately shift to orienting their lives around their child and that's definitely not what Vibeka does like she's very consumed with her own world we know from hearing like her perspective yeah she she wants to have her like she doesn't want to just be stuck at home all no. the time uh, yes. caring for for John there are things that she enjoys in life that she wants to continue to enjoy and mm -hmm. one of the things she enjoys is reading books it says she reads like three or four books yeah. a week and so all of this like misadventure and the ultimate tragedy I think begins with her feeling like she deserves to get a new book from the library yes and so she's going to the library to return some books right and maybe get a new one and she's like I've worked hard this week I I deserve it yeah yeah um, and then she just sort of uh goes on a number of tangents from mm -hmm. there so it does all start with like a fairly innocent desire to pursue a personal interest of yes. hers that isn't necessarily tied to her being a mother. Yeah. Look, I will say I am, like, guilty of what we were just talking about, of, like, kind of h hating her and not really thinking that she's, like, you know, I, I don't know. I When I f first read the passage where she talks about, like, her dreamy day, like, or, like, you know, cozy at home with like her stacks of books and cigarettes yeah. or whatever after spending a little bit of time with her the, that far in the book I was like she doesn't read yeah. like, <laughs> I, that was kind of my my first like impulse to think when I read that about her was just like she seemed so image conscious that my first impulse when I read that was to be like does she want to just appear smart? And so that's why she thinks of herself this Yeah, way. and it's like a small town, and she just wants people to see her going to the library. Yeah. Taking <laughs> stuff to the library. Yeah. That, uh, that seems very plausible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he, she might not read. She might be someone who says she loves to read. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I couldn't tell if I, I was just hating on her yeah. or... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I also love her, yeah, we should say, like, the, one of our, like, first kind of passages where we get to spend a lot of time hearing from her perspective is this very intense, um, bath time <laughs> routine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's very vain. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could definitely say that. Yeah, and she's also always listening to the radio. Yeah. Um, I, I like... This morning, I was like, what did I mark as I read this mm -hmm. book? And I just marked every time she turns on a radio or listens to a song or mm. something. And it's, like, every page. Yeah. She's always listening to the radio um, and thinking about songs. She's uh, very in her own world. Yeah, it seems like she wants to... She's, like, very... 
she's like has this idea of herself that she wants to project to everyone. So she reads books. Yes. She knows these songs or like listens to the radio. And she gets a nose ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to the carnival. Um, mm-hmm. She like picks her nail polish to be a specific type of shade of like Bordeaux that she thinks looks a certain way. Like, I don't know. Those things stuck out to me about her. Yeah. Um, she does. She seems very curated. Yeah. Um, she. I was getting. I. I think that I was like reading it now was getting very like um, Instagram vibes from her. Like yeah. where she would have an Instagram, <laughs> it would be like a cu- very curated Instagram. Uh, where she posts probably, like, you know, moody shots of her, like, reading corner that is perfectly... Yeah, yeah. And, like... Designed, yeah. Uh, shots of, like, her in a bubble bath with a wine glass, like, unwinding after a long Yeah, day. and it's, like, subtly sexy, but she's just like, no, this is just self-care. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but... but uh, we should write fan fiction mm. where this book takes place during she's like an Instagram mom influencer yeah um but mm-hmm. uh because of her but her she kills her kid on accident <laughs> but then she t- spins in she's like I taught him radical self-reliance and yeah. this stuff just happens yeah <laughs> when you do that you take a risk yeah <laughs> uh you never truly live until you die yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's funny to think of her. I um, someone asked me when this book was written the other day, mm-hmm. and all I could say was, I don't know, but there's no cell phones, yeah, so probably the 90s. Because, like, yeah. if uh, that kid had an iPhone, um, I don't think he would have had a problem, uh, if only freezing, yeah, outside, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, she is also, there's a place, I'm going to see if I can find it, or maybe I wrote it down. Um, she's kind of judgy. Yeah. Yes. Um, so she just moved from the big city to the small town. Yeah. She Uh, thinks these people are, um, provincial. Absolutely. Boring. She says, uh, people will be talking about the fair tomorrow. This is their idea of culture. This is what they want. But when was the last time there was a jazz concert in the church or a reading by an author at the library? See, that's very <laughs> funny to me. Like, it's, like uh, it's hilarious. I think that it gives, like, a really true picture of who she is. Yeah. And what she thinks she knows that other people don't. Yeah, she's definitely... Um, uh, I mean, coming from the big city thinking she knows better and she's going to, like... Yeah. She's going to culture these, these yeah. Norwegian rubes mm-hmm. uh, that enjoy things like fairs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then she goes to the fair and very, very easily is charmed by a carny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm really curious what carnies are like in Norway. He sounded, he did sound very handsome. He, yeah. sound, he sounded stylish, handsome. I, one thing I noticed about her in her meeting the carney and starting to spend time with him in his trailer is how she seems to have been raised by maybe like Cosmo magazine or something <laughs> like that because she has all these Cosmo magazine isms 
that she says to herself about how she should interact with this guy. Tom, is that his name? Sure. Sure, Tom the Carney. Or, like, she, you know, when she first sees him, she's like, hmm, he stands up straight. That's a sign of self-esteem in a man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like she, she's like, give him space to talk. Ask him about his life. Like, it's weird. Yeah, um, that's that is right. I didn't notice. I didn't think of it as like a Cosmo, but she does have like this. This is what like it almost is like she has an impulse to do something, and she reins it in a little bit. Uh-huh. Be like, this is how it should be done yes um, yeah it's like she actually wants to rush into like really deep conversations she loves a deep combo yeah. she really wants to get to know him know him yeah she's somewhere she says like she just wanted to talk about something important <laughs> like i think uh i'm not gonna find it at the moment but i just think that's really like yeah. enough of this small talk. Like, tell me, like, what's your trauma? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she wants to know those triggers and those traumas now. Yeah, I and I think it's very clear to the, to the reader that that's not the type of guy this is at all. No, it's like, um, I think for him it's a one night stand yeah, sort of totally. situation because um, yes. he works at a traveling <laughs> fair. <laughs> um, but she's certainly envisioning what their life could be like together. Yeah. Um, so that there's some humor in that, too. They're just, like, not on the same page. Oh, I mean, I was... I think that that was one of the the areas of the, the book where I really got that kind of sense of discomfort because you... I don't... Like, you know when someone's on a date and the date should be over now, that's oh, enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't get that and she keeps hanging out. Yeah. And so as the reader you're like, Go home, go home. That's yeah. enough. I think the first time I read this, it's not like I hated Rebecca, but I was pretty I think I was pretty frustrated by yeah. the book because it's like everything that's happening to John is so preventable yes. that you could just like read a social cue and like mm-hmm. go go home. <laughs> uh, but no, but she she must find love, so she's got to stick around. Yeah, yeah that she's on she's on a quest mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. love. Um, what do you think about John? Because he's as much of the main character, I yeah. feel like, as Rebecca. Is. Yeah, I I found him to be a very charming kid. I mean, especially like next to his mother, mm-hmm. you know, he he seems very charming. He has um an issue, I don't know if it's a medical issue or a tick with blinking. Yeah. Where he's constantly blinking. Um don't know what that's about. Um and he often has he seems to have a lot of desire to be with his mother and spend time with her. And he also has these, he's lots of uh, visions or kind of daydreams of violence and torture. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and he's obviously learned to be very self-reliant and and independent, which is quite sad. Um, And this time reading it, I was really tense when he, he goes around to sell, is it raffle tickets? Yeah. Yeah. 
um, for this hockey team mm-hmm. that he's he's a part of. He's just moved to a small town and he doesn't really fit in, but he like mm-hmm. likes hockey, loves skating, loves, loves skating. hockey, yeah. Um, and so he's kind of like found his place with the hockey team. Yeah. And he goes to a neighbor's house and it's this old man. This got me scared. Yeah, me too. The old man, like, invites him in. To a basement. Yeah, buys all of the raffle tickets from him, and then is like, I have something for you. Follow me into the basement. Yeah. And it's, like, pretty (laughs) freaky. Yeah, well, it's, like, another, like, time where you realize you're like, oh, I don't think anyone's talked to him about Stranger Danger. Oh, yeah, definitely not. He doesn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It turns out fine. Everything's the, fine. The old man was a skater himself in his youth, and he had an old yeah. pair of skates that he wanted to give to John. He was just being a sweetie. He was just being a nice guy. But uh, Hannah Orstovic did not want you to think that. Yeah, she uh, got me. At first. Um, it, that reminds me of a couple years ago, one of my aunts was in uh, America for my little sister's wedding, mm-hmm. and... We were in northern Idaho, and my aunt just went for a, a walk through the neighborhood. Yeah. And then she came back, and she said, Tim, I saw these neighborhood watch signs, <laughs> like, uh, around around on yes. my walk. Is there a lot of, like, crime here? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and I think she was, I think she was angling for, like, America's so dangerous in Norway <laughs> we we don't have have this. But I can say that like in the like subdivision of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho that my parents lived in there was probably very little crime. <laughs> <laughs> because of that uh, neighborhood Yeah, game. that, yeah, that neighborhood sign that was hanging <laughs> up. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they don't have stranger danger in Norway is what I took from that. No, or at least he doesn't. At yeah. least, I think, like, you know, maybe another kid, like, would have expressed more caution. You know, you'd think so, but I read another novel by another Norwegian <laughs> author uh, that recently was published, or translated into English, called Septology, by mm-hmm. Jan Fossa, or John Foss, <laughs> um, or John Fossey, or... Oh, yeah. Whatever. Um... <laughs> Whatever you want to say, that's his name. And there's a young kid who he and his little sister walk all over the mountainside and they walk to this bakery and they're told by their parents, don't ever get into a car with the bald man who lives up the road. Wow. Um, What a scary description. (laughs) Yeah. And at one point, this kid, probably 11 or 12, Mm -hmm. gets in the car with the bald man in, lives up the road mm-hmm. and it does not he does not want to give him ice skates it, oh, it does, I see it does not go well and so uh, it, I don't know <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> you think another like you just said like another kid might have more caution and yeah came this example came to mind of another kid mm. in another book not having any caution about it yeah, I guess I was like, I took it, uh, I didn't know if I was supposed to take it as, like, yet another example of love that John needs from his mother and has not gotten, and, like, a form of love being, oh, like, yeah. uh, teaching him, like, awareness of the world, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I mean, it probably is, but it also might be a form of love, of just like neighborly love from the old man yeah. to, to so much love, yeah. yeah. Um, so that I, I wanted to ask about the title uh, in yes. relation to the book. So I've got one question for you, and that is. Sorry to cut that off prematurely, but uh, what does this book, like, the love of the title, what does it refer to, or who does it Mm. refer to, or how does it relate to the plot? Yeah, I think, I was thinking about this a lot in reading it and afterwards, and I think that there's a few things that it could refer to, is... They, both John and Rebecca, have, like, a deep longing in both of them. I think John for kind of connection, you know, mostly with his mother, but just, like, in general, like, connection and understanding. And Rebecca has this longing for total, maybe, like, fulfillment of her own personal desires for herself. And so I think it has to do with that, and I think it has to do with, like, how do you show others your love or how do you not and what are the consequences of not doing so and also maybe just like a fear of what if there isn't any love yeah and what happens then yeah um that like what if there isn't any i was as you were saying that i was just thinking this book in Norwegian was called yeah uh, I want to say it right but it's like Charlegget uh-huh. I'm, I'm probably not saying that correctly Charlegget but um, that in Norwegian is the noun form of love so in English we have the word love and it functions both as a verb mm-hmm. and a noun like uh, I love my dog, mm-hmm. uh, and I eat pizza with love, or <laughs> <Yeah>. something like <laughs> that. Uh, in Norwegian, they're different words. The the verb to love, to love, is elsker. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this book is titled sort of like the noun version of love, yes. like what love as a as a concept, right? Not as an action. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying, like, what if there is no love? I was like, well, I almost feel like. The way Rebecca acts is, like, there's no... Maybe she's lacking... She's not acting. Right. She's not actively loving John mm-hmm. in, like, in the plot of this book. Yeah. She's sort of, like, searching for this, like, ideal concept of love. Like Yes. Um, and she's hoping to find it with this handsome Carney. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think providing love for herself is her main. Yeah. Goal. Yes, that's that's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, different vocabulary. Yeah. Also, it's like, it could also mean, I think in Norwegian, affection. Mm-hmm. Like love or affection. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's what the dictionary, the Norwegian dictionary I checked. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> moments ago um, said. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, uh, I think 
that if this book is like an example of love, it's kind of that's kind of depressing. Oh yeah, to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, so I struggled to find out like how love totally fitted, other than it's like something Rebecca feels like she doesn't have mm-hmm. and needs to find. Yeah. Um, there's consequences. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, it being written... If the book does feel very urgent. It's, like, written in the present tense, and it feels very urgent, and I think, like, you can kind of... I, I did sense, like, their, their kind of, like, search for what some people might call love. You yeah. Know, whether it's John's, like, kind of, like, personal... You know, connection or like seeking a connection with others, specifically his mother, mm-hmm. but and like her, you know, urgent pursuit of romantic love. I, yeah, and so then I, and then the in general, just kind of there there being tension created in every scenario in the book. Every time someone meets a new stranger, that you know that kind of fear of like, it, but maybe it's just not there. Yeah. Um. I also feel like maybe the fact that, I don't know if this ties into the idea of love or not, but the the perspective will be from Rebecca and then from John, Mm -hmm. sometimes for extended periods, sometimes it's like woven together, kind of, but they're like, they're distinct from one another, they're like separated from one another, um, in a way that you'd think like, if their relationship was an example of of love they mm. might coexist yeah. a little bit more rather than like they are very much like isolated individuals kind of mm-hmm. sometimes inhabiting the same space but oftentimes often like not so i almost feel like the book is like um in, in a, like absence of love yeah <laughs> it's like what uh what does this is an example of, like, a mother and a child who, like, lack love. And they feel mm-hmm. the lack and are looking for it, but mm-hmm. they're not successful in, in their quest. Yes. Um, which is, like, depressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also read something that I thought was interesting that uh, Orstvik and the translator, Martin Aitken, I believe is his name, yeah. No contact at all in the translation of this. Oh yeah. Book. That's funny. Crazy. I have I have kind of a funny story about that, which yeah. is um, when the pastor came out, uh, uh, she did Hannah Orstovic did like some promotional things. Mm-hmm. One of them was just like a conversation with some other young writer I've never heard of, mm-hmm. but it was on Zoom, and so I was like able to attend. Nice. Yeah. Um, through Zoom while I was at work, and that's when I learned that she had a cool haircut. Yes. But the the young American writer that Orstovic was speaking with said something about how landscape seemed really important to the pastor. Like the landscape uh. is like everywhere. Like and and Hannah Orstovic was like, huh? <laughs> like what? What? What do you mean by landscape? And like, yeah. She had to. It seemed like there was a miscommunicate like something lost in translation mm. in the conversation but then like 
the author tried to explain what she meant by landscape, and Hannah was like, what has Martin done? <laughs> and then the, the American author had to, like, reassure her that, like, no, the translation is great. Like, it's a beautiful book. But she was like, what has Martin done? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I wonder... I Yeah, I always wonder that when I read something translated. And, like, am I getting this right, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I also think before that incident, she said she trusted him and thought he was a good translator. She, she must if, if, if she's like, uh, you know, no need, no need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Just go ahead. Yeah, you, you got it. Would I do, I do think that, I, I think that that's why I, I loved reading it is because the translation is so good. It's pretty hypnotic writing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. The kind of going back and forth, it took me a minute, but there's like a rhythm to it or something. Yeah. Kind of get into it. Hey, Crispy. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of love? Crispy needs love. Yeah, You're kind of like Vibeka, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. makes you John. Well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true, because he can't go outside, so I'm, if anyone's going to get locked out, yeah. it's going to be me. You stupid cat. <laughs> What do you do? You have any thoughts on the artwork they chose for the American version oh, on the front? I think it looks great. It does look great. Um, it's a great looking book. But I'm pretty bored of every Norwegian book having an Edvard Munch um, image on on the cover. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a beautiful book. <laughs> uh, I love how slim and square it is. But mm-hmm. uh, and it's a cool image. But I'm, it's a, a little like unimaginative mm-hmm. for, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think of it? I well, I just wanted to like look it up because I was curious about it because it's, what is it called? It's called Lovers Lovers in the Waves is the name of that. I feel like what they do is like, what's the title of this book? <laughs> is there a, a monk painting that has like the title in, anywhere? Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Done. Okay. Done. No, sorry. No, 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 I, no I, I, I was like, I was trying to be like, is there a reason there was? I mean, this woman kind of looks like how Becky might look. Got that. Yeah. And she's, you know, definitely, in, you know, loving the waves, doing her own thing. Yeah. Um. This is like not that interesting, but uh, the with the pastor. I don't have my copy here, but it's not an Edward Monk painting. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a photograph. Nice. And my dad just looked at the cover of this book and was like, oh, that must be set in northern Norway. Whoa. And I was like, what, you recognize? Like, <laughs> this like, snow-covered <laughs> land? <laughs> it's not even snowy, actually. It's Even more impressive. Yeah, I, don't, I guess Norway's a small country, and people from there just know it. He feels well. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, she has third book translated into English that I have not read yet, which is called Te Amo. Yes. Seems similarly titled to Yes. Me. <laughs> she seems to do that. Also, that one is a beautiful looking book. This uh, pink. Oh. No photo, so you'll be happy. N- that... Or is that the Norwegian version? That... No, that is the, the British version, I think. <laughs> I think there's an American version 
They did a different translation for the UK version. Well, what they do, and I just know this because I read a lot, is mm-hmm. they, it's the same translation and the same translator. They just have a UK edition, like a publisher ah, in, the, oh, that, in the UK mm-hmm. publishes it. Um, it's like maybe different like, manufacturing or like budget or something. Yeah, there's just like a, a US publishing company and a UK publishing company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do both. So like... You know the publisher, um, Fitzcarraldo. Yes, big fan. Yeah, a lot of their stuff is published by New Directions in in the U.S. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So actually, it's another uh, Edward Monk. Uh, you know what? I'm not as crazy about <laughs> that. Yeah, I don't think it's as nice. Yeah, we're looking at the U.S. version, and it's kind of an olive green, yeah, square book uh, with some Edward Monk people, one in all black, hugging. Uh, a woman with red hair and I don't know, it looks like she's an upright mermaid, but I don't think that's what she is. Um, I'll still read it. Yeah, let's see. The other one, though. Yeah, it looked like a linen-bound, like, pink cup. Beautiful. Yeah, just black text on a pink background. Gorgeous. Uh, From And Other Stories. Which, I saw that, by the way, which is very funny because that's a Danish women's clothing brand. Oh, really? Famous. Oh. So when I, I, one of the pieces I read before this was an interview with the publisher, but it looked like it was just upon, like, looking at the link on a Google search, it looked like maybe it was an interview that this clothing brand did on their blog with Hannah, and I was excited to read that because I was like, is it because she's so fashionable? Yeah. (laughs) You guys wanted to talk to her, but no. It was with the publisher, not the. It was with it was with the publisher. Yeah. She also, I would say, people like her books. She gives really like frank, funny, and interesting interviews. Yeah, I was very charmed by her in the yeah the thing. That, obviously, like, what did Martin do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that honesty is very yeah. charming. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw that. There's a bunch of YouTube videos of her speaking, so I. With a lot of very small YouTube channels, which I was thought it was cool of her to be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, I can, yeah, let's do an interview. <laughs> yeah, um, and other stories. Um, also published a book I read recently called "My Father's Diet" about bodybuilding. We talked about this. Yeah, so um, I'm a I'm a fan of yeah. and other stories. I would get the pink edition. Um, I will. Tiana, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they also published a book called A Slip of a Fish, which is another bad mother book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one I'm very hesitant to recommend <laughs> to you or listeners in general because. Well, now I have to read it. Yeah, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I have been on a bad mommy, bad mommy book kick. Okay. Well, this is maybe the worst mom you'll. Maybe it's, it'll be my ending of the series. Yeah, yeah probably, probably will. But uh, cool. What other bad mom books have you been reading? Well, I was doing something really obnoxious recently, where I was bragging to Xander that I had read every Rachel Cook book that there was. Oh, um, I haven't. Yeah. You know, that I, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> So, but then after I said it now, I feel like I have to. So right now I'm reading Arlington Park, which oh, I hadn't read of Oh, Aiden is currently reading Arlington How weird! Park. Oh, I can't wait to talk to her about yeah, it. It's on the kitchen table. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, well, I, I'm excited to have someone to talk to that one. Yeah. About. But, um, she just read a second place. Yeah. And then is now doing Arlington Park. Okay, yeah. She's on the same crusade. <laughs> yeah, she, didn't, she didn't brag to me about reading all of them. But <laughs> yeah, I've got, a, I've got a ways to go, actually. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Aiden also purchased the her memoir about becoming a mom, yeah. which I read a few years ago, um, because I wondered what it was like <laughs> to become a mom. <laughs> no. I loved that one. I read that one on vacation, which is a funny vacation. Oh yeah, read. I liked it. I mean, I learned about it because it got so much hate. Yeah, uh, for how terrible of a mother she was, and then it was like this is pretty tepid. Like I think so. It's just like. She expresses some ambivalence. Yeah. And, like, she gets tired sometimes. Yeah. She misses, like, doing stuff that yeah, she, she used to do. Yeah, she has stuff that she wants to do. She's an artist. Yeah. Uh, cool. Is she the worst mom you've been reading, Rachel Cusk? None of them are, are really bad. I don't think really... Okay. I wouldn't say any of them are, are bad, bad mommies. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Bad Moms? Is that with like like some moms go out on the town and Mila Kunis? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I will. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I will. What are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a Graham Greene book that I am pretty so uh, so on. Yeah. It's fine. Um, it's I think it's one of his beloved. Mm-hmm. Classics, <laughs> the Quiet American. Um, oh, uh, but I sometimes get in these moods, and I've been told also that I just don't like anything. Mm, yeah. um, well. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, I don't really like this. <laughs> <laughs> but Graham Greene has a book called The End of the Affair that I read ten plus years ago, and I loved, and uh-huh. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And it's about a love triangle and mm-hmm. an affair. And then in this book, uh, The Quiet American, there's also a love triangle uh, and an affair, but it happens during, like, in a war or whatever. But one man who has a mistress is losing that mistress to an American. And he basically, like, breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera, and goes, well, that's the end of the affair. So it's like the office. Yeah, yeah. But, but he's like referencing his own book that he like the last book that he wrote, like in the current book. Uh-huh. He, he really does use the phrase like that was the end of the affair. It's like, yeah, yeah. This is just another version of the book you already wrote. I just take two. Yeah, encore. Everyone was like, more of the same, please. <laughs> or they were like, what if you wrote end of the affair, but instead of World War Two? Vietnam. He's like, he was got like, it. No yep. problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I do have a, a final question for oh, you. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I, I just want to know if you think Rory Gilmore would like this book. Oh, that's a funny question. Um, hmm. My first instinct was, was yes, hmm. but then I thought that sometimes when people encounter something that's quite similar to themselves, um, they don't like it. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, so... I still think she would like it, if only to sort of, like, like hate the 
kind of hate on or make fun of the 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 appearance of the woman with the wig. And yeah, because they would get a good bit out of that. Yeah, I think that they would. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think maybe Rory Gilmore might be more inclined to like it than Lorelai Gilmore, who might see more of herself. Lorelai, I think this isn't a book for her for that exact reason. Yeah, Rory, I think would would be into this. I could see Rory recommend like buying it for her mom for Christmas, being like, "Oh, I read this book and LOL. it's so funny." Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Lorelai reading it and like uh, that being like a a problem that they have to work through in an episode. Yeah, and she yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah. and you know it just gets at the the heart of the heart of the book. What is Lorelai's biggest fear about how she expresses love to her daughter? You know? Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think the Gilmore Girls thing is really <laughs> uh, and it makes the book a little funnier. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, cool. Any other thoughts? Anything we didn't touch on? Hmm. Let's do pages and pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> Expose me. Yeah, I mean, but, but um, you. But if you looked at them, you you wouldn't actually be, be that impressed. <laughs> One note here just says, "I think that's not true." Question mark. Uh, yes. Yeah, I have stuff like that. Like somewhere in the book, she says the same sounds every day. I think she's like bored with the routine yeah. life of small town. So I wrote boredom? Question mark. <laughs> Sounds like someone's bored. Yeah. No, I think that we we did a good um, we did a good overview of this, and I'm glad that on second read you found parts of it humorous as I did. Yeah, I enjoyed it much more this time, and also I'd been meaning to reread it because I read it and was kind of like. Oh, that was fine. Sort of like falls into this sort of category yeah. of Norwegian book I've read a million of. Yes. And and then I read The Pastor and I I love that. that book. I think if you check the archives of the most useful information, the first one ever maybe uh. Uh, has a section on the pastor. Yeah. But so I love that book and I was like, I should give love another chance because the pastor was <laughs> so good. And so this was a great opportunity to read it again. Also, it's a very short book. Yeah. Um, You'll feel so smart when you finish it in one day. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, I, I read so fast and mm-hmm. I understand everything. One Goodreads review that I read that was positive and that they were a fan, they said that they read it in one night but then stayed up for an hour longer, even though it was already around 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Just thinking. <laughs> just, just, thinking, just, thinking. just thinking, uh, which I thought was a great review. <laughs> yeah, that is a great review. Um, uh, yeah, that's all I can think of. That's it. That's yeah. all we've got. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, read Love by Hannah Orstevik, mm-hmm. uh, if you want. Uh, mm-hmm. thanks for doing this, Taylor. It's I been a it. pleasure. Uh, bye. Bye. Bye.